on this episode of Japan 2.0. Go get lost and find your own izakaya and like have this experience, and I guarantee you it'll be good because they're all good. But that's kind of what I kept saying to my wife was like, I'm like, if this place was in Kobe, this would be like famous. Like, this would be the number one place everyone would go to. But in Tokyo, this is just a random, just a normal place, you know? Hello and welcome to Japan 2.0. This is maybe the world's first podcast ever recorded on a Shinkansen. What do you think? I don't think so. No? <laughs> this is my very special guest today. After podcasting for six years with Matt about Japan, uh, we've had on many special guests, including Matt's wife, Emily. Uh, I've talked about this person a lot, but who are you, special guest? I am your wife, your loving wife of uh, almost 11 years. My name is Liz. That's right. So finally, uh, my wife's on the podcast, and that's because we found her specialty, which is uh, eating, drinking, and shopping. (laughs) Anything else you want to add to your specialties? That's about it. So uh, this is the perfect podcast for you because we're ending, uh, as you can probably tell, I've recorded this podcast in multiple segments. We're doing a, a final thoughts. And I was telling Liz earlier today that I feel I didn't bring bring the passion so far that um, I wanted. I don't know. A lot of the conversations I've had with her are things that I wish were in recording. So I hope this will be one of those conversations. Um, so we're on the Shinkansen home from Tokyo. Normally, I would never really record on a Shinkansen because they're usually pretty crowded. Uh, but one of the advantages to COVID was, you know, the trip was pretty empty, including the trains. So a lot of space around us. We're socially distancing. I think something I didn't talk about yet that people might be wondering is, do you think it was dangerous or risky to go uh, around Tokyo at this time? Well, during the whole COVID three months, we already had three trips that we canceled. Um, One was a work trip and two were um, trips that we had just planned, one for spring break and one for summer. And we canceled spring break, obviously. And then um, we canceled this actually this this trip that we were going to go on. And we decided to go ahead and go on the trip because um, the numbers were the lowest, I, you know, people have thoughts on what they think is going to happen with COVID. Luckily, Japan, for some unknown reason, the numbers have been very low. And um, right now, due to social distancing and the state of emergency, it's kind of at its low point. But we kind of see a second wave coming. The last two days we were here, the numbers kind of shot up again. Um, But yeah, our first couple days, the numbers were low, as predicted. So The day that we arrive is when they lifted... um, the, or change from stage three to stage two, meaning that you know it's safer. The numbers are low, um, so you know the days before we decided that you know this is the time to go before the numbers go up. It's kind of probably our only chance to to really travel to Tokyo um, this summer, most likely. So um, we were nervous about it, but you know 
since the moment we got on the train to go to Tokyo and almost every single seat around us and pretty much the whole car was empty, just a handful of people. And um, all the places that we went to, we were very specific about where we went to. And we didn't go to any izakaya. We love izakaya. We went to one actually. We did go to one but izakaya. It was but a yeah. It was spread out. It was spread out. For so open um, air. Open air. Every time that we went to a place, um, and there was a few places that we actually wanted to go to, um, but when we arrived and it was just too full of people, we just walked away and found somewhere else. Um, so I think it, it, it definitely, you can put yourself into situations that are risky, but we tried our best, especially with the kid at home that we're going home to, to make sure that we try to do as much social distancing as possible, which is definitely something that you're able to do right now, even yeah. in Harajuku or even in Omorosando. Yeah, I don't want to talk about COVID too much. I think that gives you a good kind of window. And if you can come here in the fall, because we have people now who had trips this summer and now they've kind of written us saying, well, hopefully we can come in the fall. If it's how it is now, I think it's very possible. That's mostly due to like the local people here being really uh, mindful towards it. A lot of creative things. We went to uh, a Hawaiian restaurant called Pig and the Lady, and they had mannequins at tables in between to guarantee people would be spreading out. And they they used it kind of creatively in a business sense. Uh, there's a clothing company we like here called Beams, and they had them wearing the clothing from Beams, and then you could. Could you scan the items? If yeah, you they to? had QR codes for each item. So it was a collaboration between Pig and Lady and Beams, um, marketing and social distancing, which I thought was really creative. And we happened to be sitting right next to a table that did have two mannequins next to it. So it was kind of fun. Yeah, it was, um, it was great to have two things I love together like that. Um, they also had some other kind of creative things, I thought. I don't know how unique this is to Japan, but like menus at a lot of the places we would go to um, where like you have to scan a code that way you have to touch a menu or things like that um, hand get into places that they required you to do hand sanitizing and some places wanted masks they did temperature checks everywhere 50% of the places I think most places um, required masks besides like kind of like um, non-chain type of restaurants yeah. those were a little bit more lax but any store that we went to, a lot of stores took temperatures. You had to sanitize just to get into the store with a mask. So there were definite um, strict policies. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty interesting compared to where we live. I feel like where we live in Sanamia, like our big city area, I think it's like 95% back to capacity in terms of people are out. Would you feel like Tokyo was like 60% maybe? 70 maybe? Yeah, I think it has to do with also the numbers in um, Kobe were really low kind of throughout and the numbers um, haven't risen that much, as much as Tokyo, where Tokyo had a longer state of emergency with much higher numbers, just the sheer mass yeah. of people. Um, so I feel like it's been a lot more laid back, a lot you know, less restrictive in, in Kobe than it has been in Tokyo right now, even though you know all the state of emergency is over. Um, but I think that's good, I think that's needed. I think when you're going to places that just have far more people, it's needed for that yeah so anyway i was a little felt a little selfish coming here but i'm leaving now feeling like no i think i did the best you can do and yeah it was, it was felt pretty good pretty safe anyway moving on why is tokyo so awesome matt and i have waxed poetic about tokyo a lot why we like it you know for us it has a lot to do with record shopping and things like that but 
um, maybe from a female perspective might be interesting or a non-record obsessed person why why is Tokyo more special well, than Osaka or Kobe where we're from why do we pay all the money to come here this might be a broken record um I don't know if the listeners know this but I am not a listener of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> I'm disgraced to hear that <laughs> it seems like I'm spying on David if I, if I listen to his podcast I, I do listen to a lot of podcasts um but every time I try that makes it even worse because you know, some people I just know. don't listen to the podcast I know but like I think it's weird it's too personal like I'm actually glad you don't listen yeah I, I, can, I don't know I can be unfiltered and uh, you can talk all the bad annoying things about me yeah. if you want because yeah. I, I won't ever know um so I don't know if it's, I'm gonna say the same things as as David um but um, where we live in Kobe, you know, we do have a downtown area, um, but it's quite small. And there are some great things about it, but there... Such as? <laughs> we have, you know, our favorite places to eat, our favorite places um, to shop there, you know, our favorite cafes and things like that. But again, it's a handful of places that, you know, we feel comfortable navigating in English and with a small Japanese that we know. We've been going there for seven years now. When you only have two or three of these places, it gets yeah. old, right? Yeah, and so, like, um, what's great about Tokyo is literally you can trip and find it something awesome. You know, we go on long walks. Um, usually we're walking, like, 13 to 16 miles per day. This trip has been a little bit different because I'm a bit injured, so we couldn't um, walk as much. So um, in the short, even the short distance that we were allowed to walk, you know, you're going to your destination, a place that you might already know, but then along the way you're finding like 20 different amazing things and around every corner is a surprise and I think that's what's pretty special about Tokyo. For example, right now, Mount Fuji's out our window on a nice clear day. There's a surprise around the corner. <laughs> so envision that zooming by on the Shinkansen with the Mount Fuji in the background as we wax poetic. <laughs> Anyhow, um, yes, so we went to Roppongi, which is kind of a new neighborhood for us. Roppongi has a bit of a back in the day it has like a CD kind of dodgy image honestly it's, it's kind of kept me away from hanging out there too much however the western food after us living here living in Kobe where it's you know very Japanese city um, we went there for some western food and today I think it was kind of the last night we just did what we knew was going to be there but I think today was a good example of that surprise you're talking about where we just took a turn and went in a different direction and we saw a lot of cool stuff right mm-hmm. yep and it's like I've been that when I went to Jim Bocho another neighborhood with Matt I just felt like the places I love I always just figure well that's probably it I'm staying in like the artsy neighborhoods or whatever but whenever I do try a new neighborhood in Tokyo I'm always amazed to think like I could just stay here for like a whole day or two and there'd be awesome stuff and is it too overwhelming do you think? restrictions like if you're just a tourist and you're here for like two or three days it can be overwhelming because there's just so much and Tokyo's so big and there's so many districts and things to do um but for us I I think it's great because you know we're here for a couple days we don't have any set plans we don't really do touristy things at all anymore we've done a few in the past but that's not really our thing we're just here to enjoy the culture and and enjoy each other and have a good time something i've never really talked about on the show as many times we've talked about tokyo but something I do, I do with you more often is i think i really like the people in tokyo and in kansai there's a bit of a, a, a i can't say this word well a rivalry uh i don't know competition and 
one of the things Kansai thinks it has over Kanto or Tokyo is the people. And for me, I, I think a lot of it has to come down to the language and that people in Tokyo can speak more English so I can touch chat with them more. Some of my, my best moments on this trip were honestly like being at shops and like the interaction with workers here. And it's very, maybe it's because things are slow right now and there's not a lot of customers, but like I just feel like I, we got really friendly. Like we legit possibly like might have made a friend or two just from interacting with it's people. It's really funny right? because um, oftentimes when me and David go out and we start conversations with people, we always, um, you know, oh, we really wish we could be friends with them, but it's awkward. Like, oh, like, what's your, you know, your Instagram handle? When they're, wor- when they're working, it's like they're just yeah. doing their job. Like, yeah. they might not actually might not be genuine I don't know yeah I'm not sure if David talked about the term friend crush but we often have uh, have a lot of friend crushes in my life friend crushes where you meet someone you're just like oh man I really want to be their friend but how do you do that when it's you're at someone's place of work and actually twice on this trip um one person specifically that we thought was just like just just a nice amazingly kind person and just just so jovial and happy and full of like life um asked David our waiter yeah. yeah Um, ask David for his uh, Instagram handle so they can become friends, yeah. which, and they don't, oh, next time you're in Tokyo. My love is not unrequited. <laughs> I felt good to know. <laughs> next time you're in Tokyo, let's go out and drink together. And then uh, another one was a shop, um, shop worker. attendant. Yeah. That, a capital, um, then a whole podcast in capital. So yeah, a capital worker. Um, that had the same fashion interests as David, which are two completely different, obscure uh, types of fashion that they both happen to love and, you know, asked again. I don't think that would have happened actually had it not been during this time where places are empty. So, yeah. you know, yeah. that's interesting. And I talked about this already, I don't want to go into it, but some places were kind of too strong in the other direction, like really beckoning you in or like talking maybe a little bit too much. It is a fine line. Yeah. Um, we told, we had this ongoing silly joke about how like we're Beyonce and Jay-Z, like, you know, when they close things and they get to go to the Louvre all by themselves, like it honestly felt like that at times because we'd be the only person in the shop and everyone's like bringing us things to like look at and try on. And it's just like, I, I, we're just looking like, I don't, I don't want to put extra work on you. Um, and so at sometimes it was awkward. And, but other times it was really great to have all the assistance and, you know, things that you normally wouldn't have on a regular day out. people watching in Tokyo and obviously if you live in Tokyo and you come to the Kansai we are maybe there's different things you would notice that you know we're numb to but um, for me it's yeah as someone who does like clothing and stuff but even if I wasn't in the clothing just out of straight pure interest of like ambition or gutsiness to like walk out of the house dressed certain ways what were some of the more interesting looks we saw in Tokyo um well the like Lolita gothic look is one of my favorites. Just Lolita, and then also then there's that kind of like gothic Lolita look. Um, whenever the girls are walking out with like you know, full hair makeup and the heels and all that, I love watching it. Yeah, and you see more of it here. You do see it in Kansai, but you see way, way, much, more, way more. Yeah. Here. Um, the ones in Kansai, I feel like, are more like dress up. Like they're dressing up maybe to Formal. go to an event or something. Mm-hmm. Um, we're here. It's just like everyday life, and I really enjoy it. And 
you know, we saw a few characters where me and David were just like, man, I wish we could just like follow them around all day and see what their life is like because like door, like get up in the morning, get dressed. <laughs> Who is that one? We saw that a guy. This man in a three-piece suit with like just like really. Well, he had two pairs of glasses on. He was wearing sunglasses and he had glasses, sunglasses on his head okay. as well. Yeah, and you know, a feather in his cap or something. And you know, it's a lifestyle. It's not just like, oh, I'm just going to wear this today. It's not like a costume. It's just like, what is this person's everyday life? If this is, you know, it's saw amazing to me. A Japanese guy with a full big fro, like a, a suede vest and like bell bottoms, walked the seventies. Yeah. Uh, we saw a lady today peacocking. She had literal peacock feathers all on her, like shoulders coming down. And, uh, like, embroidered ones, not actual. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, but they were like huge. Like you see them from a mile away. Um, yeah, so just some real. That's fun. That people are just so different. For me, uh, being having weird subculture interests, I love seeing people wearing certain like record label shirts or certain clothing collaborations that are very limited that you, you see online or something. Um, but just that see other people. I was just telling Liz, I just feel like I'm with like-minded people. I'm just sitting at the corner cafe from our hotel and. I'm like, wow, yeah, those are these shoes I've never seen anyone wear before where I live, you know, but here I see them 10 times on the trip. Or And it's so unassuming, like um, streetwear right now is such a big deal, and now it's like high-end streetwear where you're seeing someone wearing a T-shirt, and if you just saw someone walking by, and you wouldn't really think anything of it, but because of David and his fashion knowledge, we're like, oh, that person's wearing an $800 T-shirt walking around, like $1,000 shoes, like, and it's just, you know, like normal. Like, and it's really awesome to see that, that, yeah. you know, people just live their life to life and just do what they love. And A big part of, yeah, Japan is not being, generally, obviously, some people we just talked about might have bro- broken this rule, but is not being gaudy or flashy. You know, that's like a real sign of taste here. I mean, I would say it's the same back home, but I think it's more of a, more commonly believed here. Um, and, and it goes the other way, too. Like, Liz and I were able to go to a lot of really nice restaurants and nice bars and just rock up in shorts and a t-shirt or we went on like a nice date uh there's this company out here called ty harbor or ty harbor is, is that their name um, ty. i think it's ty it does have like the periods between the t and the y but i'm okay. not sure anyway they, they run about 15 different establishments and they're, they're very kind of internationally minded i would say uh they'll have a lot of non-japanese workers high up in the company and uh, just the food is often non-japanese food and um yeah, it was like really classy, you know, kind of expensive place. And just we were just looking around. I'm like, oh, this is great. So many, for me, just guys and jeans and t-shirts. And uh, you don't get judged here. I, I mean, at least not verbally. <laughs> it might happen in people's heads. But um, yeah, that's that's another part. Okay, to wrap up, what were uh, some of your favorite things that we did in Tokyo? What would be your strong recommendation? Someone's coming here. You gotta. It's gonna probably be food or shopping related, right? But what's yeah. something you're gonna tell someone you gotta go to, or a neighborhood, or do you want me to go and buy you time? Yeah, go ahead. All right. For me, uh, two, uh, two things I'll talk about on this trip. They're great. Two no, wait, you gotta think say. of new ones. <laughs> you, do you have yours ready? Then you should go first. Okay. I'm I'm the professional here. My- Mine are mostly food and drink related. Um, as much as I love shopping, I'm not quite Japanese size, so shopping is a little bit difficult for me, so I can't tell you quite about that. Um, David already talked about the restaurant that we really love here. Which one? Um, it's called Sukata. That's one of your top two? Oh, I really do like Sukata. Just the atmosphere of it, and some like it's not perfect, it's not the most perfect place to go to, but. What kind of food do they have? They have Mediterranean food there. What do we order? Um, we had some dips like hummus and baba ganoush and 
Another one that I can't pronounce, I'm not going to try to. It's like a roasted um, red pepper and walnut, which is out of this world what amazing. What was the, we like the special tagine? Tagine, I Tajine. Yeah. Um, it's cooked in a... Tagine. Tagine. Yes. <laughs> a, um, a special pot. Yeah, a special Mediterranean dish. And um, it's just like such a good atmosphere. Like um, it's this huge place and it has, I believe, an upstairs that we've actually never been to yeah. with private, private rooms. It has an outdoor, like, around, like, a little, like, water thing. The water is beautiful. Yeah, you can sit around this, like, like, lake. This kind of, like, um, family-style, almost, like, upscale bar area mm-hmm. with, like, shared tables. Yeah. Um, and it's just a beautiful-looking place where you go there. And, you know, it's not that expensive to uh, eat. We, had, we ate a couple courses and had I had two drinks. You had one drink. And it was $50 per person. Yeah. 5000 5, yen. Yeah, so... Very, very classy. To me, if it was any more yeah. classy, I would feel uncomfortable. Yeah, and, and that's a place, again, like, we dress up because we like dressing up and going out. Um, but you can just go in and... I saw people with flip-flops and, um, you know, like, nicer leather ones. But <laughs> it just feels nice to be in there. Like, uh, it, I'm it, so surprised that's in your top two. And the food is, is okay. good. Right. Um, For me, I went there. I really, really like it. But this trip was probably one of my favorite trips to Tokyo ever maybe probably the first one's the best one right but since that first trip probably it might be the best one so I've been there before so I was a bit safe so a lot of the new stuff we did was exciting for me I'll go I'll do my number two this is like what we do with our son every night we talk about our, our three favorite things of the day so I skip over my second thing no I'll go and then you go <laughs> back and forth back and forth alright but what if you take my things I'm about to say alright go. <laughs> go so um the second one is this um, bar group, and I like bar as in going out drinking bar. Um, and the two that we went to, and I think there's more of them, um, one is called the SG Club, which is three floors, and they each have a different concept, and it's just a really great like craft cocktail bar. That's where I met our new friend Kai. And uh, our waiter, Kai Kun. And um, it just delicious cocktails, probably one of our favorite cocktails that we've ever had. Me and David, we loved it. It is, sounds crazy, it is a green curry cocktail. I believe it was called like... Was it Tom Yum or just green curry? No, green, green curry. curry. Okay. We've had a Tom Yum before in Ginza. Um, and this time we had this um, green curry and it was just, it sounds horrible, but it tasted like, you get these first notes of green curry and then it has this like coconut slushy aftertaste and it was just amazing. And then when, while we were there, I'm oh, sorry, that's called SG Club, yeah. if you didn't... Um, Mission recommended. Them. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah, um, and so it's a little bit pricey, but it's art- artisanal craft cocktails, which anywhere you go around the world, those are going to be pricey anyway. And remember, no tipping. <laughs> so, and you get great service. And then they told us about um, their second bar, and I believe they have more than that. They have bars like sister bars all over the world, world. apparently. Yeah, so look it up wherever you are, because you might have one in your city. Yeah. It's called the Bellwood, which is open all day, starting from breakfast all the way until bar at night. They have breakfast, lunch, and then like bar food. And um, again, amazing drinks. I had a black Bloody Mary, which was made with miso, black charcoal, and some other things we've never heard of. Garlic, and it was so great to just try different things. And we had tom yum toast for breakfast there, and. I think when you hit a certain age and you're getting older, like we are, like the most, you've kind of done almost everything there is to do. So like one of the most exciting things for me is like something. We've done almost everything, but but we've done a lot. 
at this point, if you ask me, like, what do you want to do for something special on my birthday, my honest answer, which I know is not, like, uh, a detailed answer, is, like, I want to do something on her dumb, like, I want to have a new experience in some way. Like, where do you want to eat? And it's interesting to think of, like, this thing you didn't know existed and only existed at this place. To me, that's always so exciting. This is very small, the drink you got. It was, like, what, $16 and, like, half the size of a normal drink? How... It was a spring drink, and it was delicious. And they had other amazing, like a bacon milk punch, and these yeah. other crazy drinks. So we were gonna go back and actually get drinks. This was quite early in the morning, so I, David did not. I get don't a drink. Know, have the the chops that my wife has. That at 10 a.m. I, I was not able to drink alcohol, but I really, 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 really wanted to go back. And it's like the one kind of regret if I didn't know we'd, we'd be coming back soon. Um, Regret is I wanted to go drink there. Oh, I have a third one. The milk bacon thing was so awesome. Yeah, that sounded so good. And they also had like a, another one that sounded really good for you, but I forgot what it was. I'll add on to this, and then you think of your third one. Um, for me, is the ambiance of these two places. I'm an ambiance person. Like, the drinks are great. Were you going to say this place has one of your two? I was thinking of the Bellwood particularly, because it's brand new. It's like a soft launch. I think it's going to be a really up-and-coming kind of place. And I'm excited to share it with everyone. And we were really lucky, because the first night we actually wanted to go... In is it was actually one of the places that we walked by because it was just really full and it's it's small it's amazing but very small so I think on an ordinary day we actually like if it wasn't COVID like even during COVID and you know this you know upswing of numbers it was still packed mm. so I think we were really lucky that we were able to go yeah true anyway for me it's the ambiance of these places you know they're kind of uh, prohibition style and but Bellwood is really Bellwood is a little more casual. And yeah, just playing really good reggae, like roots reggae, conscious reggae, just like eating breakfast. That is awesome. Like, it feels like everything's like imported from I don't know some other country 50 years ago. In there, it's very handcraftedly made. And uh, just sitting outside, looking at the window, it's so it was such a cool feeling for me. And uh, yeah, even though I was, I'm not a morning person, I had one of those kind of uh, mindfulness moments living in the moment. Like, man, this is so good. I just want to like slow down time and just be in this moment for a long time. So I'm going to jump in with number three. All right, let's go number three. And that is, um, we've been here before, but this time it was just a really relaxing time. I think a lot of it had to do with um, it being a weekday and um, you know, no tourists, but um, Fulgen Coffee oh, that's Cafe. Awesome. Yeah. Fulgen Cafe, I believe, is the name. Yeah. Is, I don't know if I'm pronouncing yeah. it correctly. See there. Correctly. I don't know if it's a soft G or hard G, but yeah, Fulgen sounds good. Um, it's a Norwegian, no, Norwegian <laughs> cafe. Yeah. How do you say it? Norwegian. Yeah. yeah. Um, cafe is from Oslo, and um, it's here in, um, what district is it? It's in Shibuya. That neighborhood has a special name. It's a really up-and-coming neighborhood. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes for you if, if you're interested in where, because there's a couple other cool shops in that area, too. It's like a very residentially kind of area. It feels like people you know, are definitely living there, um, but there's little nooks and cranny businesses. Monocle Magazine, if you know them, is right around the corner. Uh, awesome bike shop if you're into like road bikes uh, is called Blue Lug. However, uh, they don't follow their hours at least during the times of COVID because there's a man inside who did not want to let us know why they, the doors weren't open. <laughs> I was a little sad by that, but it looked awesome. Add it to the next time. Anyway, what's so great about Fulgen? Um, when we went, it was really chill there. There weren't a lot of people. We got to sit on the bar. Um, coffee is really delicious there. The woman who worked there did not stop once to take a break. It's so fun to watch her work. Like she's a true master of her craft, that lady. Yeah, just always trying to like finding something to do. You know, making sure everything's perfect. 
Um, so we had delicious lattes there. This was actually right after the Bellwood when we went there and had breakfast. But David, I got a cocktail and David had a very small coffee. So we went to go get another coffee. Actually, we have a listener. I'll give a listener a shout out here. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm just going to use Flo. I want to use his full name. You know who you are, Flo. Uh, he was writing me, listening back to our coffee episode. and was trying to ask, I guess, I was probably mumbling as I do sometimes uh, when I said the name. And uh, just talking with him about it and then just looking it up on my map. I'm like, man, this awesome place is just eight minutes at my door. Like, what am I doing? We got to go tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, so thanks, Flo, for the reminder of how great Fulgen is. Um, and so we had our lattes, and then we looked over, and they also have um, seemingly craft cocktails and then craft um, beer. And it happened to have one of our favorite um beer companies which is very elusive to find here in japan so difficult to find there's only one importer we like we know who the importer is and when they get it and we order it all um so this was a variety that the importer doesn't carry i'm guessing this fulgen has it pretty often yeah and it's um omnipolo and we had a maple what was do you remember the name of it it was a maple pecan mud i think mud is in mudslide yeah and it was just delicious so good like very you we're, know, very, we're very picky, picky <laughs> about our porters and stouts and stuff. And a lot of places here have a nice craft beer, but they'll give you an up, they'll have bottles and they'll give you an upcharge. So it'll say, like, if you want to take this out, it's 1,000 yen. But if you want to drink it here, it's 1,500. And I'm yeah. just, I like beer a lot. I want to have a lot of it. So I'm frugal. I always want to take it out. But yeah, this place, there's no upcharge. It's seemingly the retail value of what you normally would pay, um, which is around, say, 1,000 yen, which. And it was. So absolutely nice. delicious <laughs> yeah, it was a really cool moment i wasn't in the mood to, to drink but I, like, yeah. I just had to jump on it and i just again there's one of those moments where you're sitting at a coffee bar it's like an old school bar on a stool watching this lady work it feels like you're in the 1950s there there's a man next to us um he would have been smoking if he could have he had like on ray-ban like gla- wafer glasses yeah, like, like a 70 a, a, 80 years old japanese for, man yeah fedora hat i was like reading the paper reading a little book and the guy to my left who had on a vintage suit and there's like a, another uh, guy that yeah everyone who's there is clearly like it's a bit of a scene i'll put it that way and it's a big foreigner place so if you're trying to do more local japanese things uh fulgen is definitely not it you're gonna see a lot of other non-japanese and, people and there we've gone before where it was hard packed. to find a seat and it was packed and we just lucked out again you know due to like low tourism and just going on a weekday go there at, go there at a weird time if you yeah. want to sit down because really the coffee honestly at the end of the day is normal good good coffee which you can find a lot of places it's really the ambiance and I, I would say get a drink there I think yeah go at night or in the afternoon for you know a cheeky cocktail yeah. and um, and you know they have they play records there so it was just like grooving and just having a good time and it Explore was the yeah, neighborhood nearby it was an unexpected you know nice just chill moment on the trip which we had a lot of <laughs> mm. I'm gonna just do two quick ones after this, by the way. Sorry for dominating. No, that's good. That's great. Um, after this, I've decided to change the order of things. Um, I think this is the best thing that I've recorded. So this is going to come first. And what I have a- what I have after this is just uh, me uh, doing a walk and talk, which is what we call when we go around neighborhoods of kind of Harajuku areas, talking about the different areas of Harajuku, a little bit of Shibuya and Monosando in there. So you can just hear me. You can hear the back streets. And I'm just kind of r- rambling about what's going through my mind at the time. I talk a little bit about the Olympics, how this affected the city and COVID. And then I also do a, a review of the thing I'm going to mention next, which is Parco, which is a new department store. And it was uh, the most anticipated thing for me and probably the thing that excited me the most. So stick around if you want to hear a lot of detail about my favorite thing. Uh, but let's hear from you a little bit. Did you like Parco as a normie? 
you know, I'm, I'm going to love it, of course, because I like all the clothes and stuff there. But as a normie, is it something people would want to check out or no? So Parco was amazing because it's an all-in-one stop. We literally spent, I think, about five hours in Parco, which we planned out. We knew that um, it was going to be a really rainy day. There was, like, torrential rain that day. Um, so we're like, you know what, we're just going to go to Parco today. We can spend all day inside, not have to worry um, about the rain. Our hotel kind of specifically picked um, because it was near here. It was easy to walk in. Um, but there's everything. There's food. Um, there's shopping. Um, for us, I'm a big Pokemon fan. Our son is as well. There's a. Would a, you be a Pokemon fan if, fan if we didn't have a son? Would you have gone to the Pokemon Center? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just just want to show your dedication for the hey, listeners. I said me first. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so the Pokemon Center is cool? Uh, Pokemon Center is cool. What's um, cool about it? They have a whole like anime, like Nintendo um, jump shop type of mm-hmm. um, floor. Yeah. Um, there's a big... Um, you two that you can pose with and you know we do have two pokemon at least two in osaka so i've been to different pokemon i think the like the mew and the mewtwo were kind of cool to have there yeah we don't we don't don't have have those statues that was specific to the shibuya pokemon it feels like an amusement park or something there a bit right yeah it feels cool yeah yeah it's great anyway Um, one-stop shop that's why it's good start for the breakfast and stay until drinks late at night and you're covered you know yeah. um all right yeah. there you go so if you want to hear more about that stick around when we're done here uh not done quite yet i got one more thing to talk about which is the izakaya we went to um that was a great example of like a bad situation turning into a good situation like a great situation a great situation <laughs> there's a norwegian bar <laughs> both don't know how to pronounce it's, it yeah, yeah, yeah. you probably think we're obsessed with scandinavia or something on this show maybe, maybe i am i just don't i'm pass, just, passively just, obsessed just their beer and their coffee and their food um uh, I, could th- I was gonna say something not nice anyhow <laughs> so we went, wanted to go to this norwegian bar called O i don't know this the, the, the o with the strike see we're not true scandinavian fans here O L yeah O slash l you can look for by saying um also Slow oh, brewing. brewing. Anyhow, yeah. uh, we wanted to go there, but it's packed, and we we're being good humans. Literally, and like Sunday night, it was like a block party. Music, yeah. people out spilling in the sh- streets. Every single um, table and chair was full, and we we're like, absolutely, we're not going to put ourselves in that situation. There's a great taco, taco truck outside of there. It's they're kind of partnered, so you can get a taco and have a beer. Do you know the name of that taco truck? La Cabina. La Cabina. Awesome. Yep. You know, small. Liz because, is from El Paso, right near the border of Mexico, so she brings authenticity to this. Yeah, if you want like a true like street taco, you know, when you get tacos at Mexican restaurants, you get those like oversized burritos and massive tacos. That's not real Mexican food. This is run by like I'm assuming a Mexican man. I don't know exactly where he's from. I'm assuming Mexico, um, but just authentic street like taco style like tacos. And they have El Pastor, which is one of my favorite tacos. If you don't know what it is look it up but if you want to go there highly recommend yep so we we're gonna go there but it's packed and we're kind of as well like one of those things like we're really hungry you know past the point of no return and then we like literally start walking around and for me usually that's bad news because you walk around and that's when fights start to happen when you're hungry and stuff but we were saved by uh, the worker beckoning us to come in uh, he, he actually fought us away from another one there's a yakidori place across the street it looked pretty cool to me I was kind of wandering over that way, and then 
Liz mentioned, like, oh, what about this one? I turned around and made eye contact with this big, smiley man, and he's, he, like, gave me the hand, like, no, 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 don't go in there, come in here. <laughs> and I, uh, I just couldn't say no to that, and so we went in there, luckily. And, um, yeah, for me, this was cool because it was, to be honest, when we go to Tokyo, we don't do a lot of Japanese stuff because, again, we usually do that in our, our own life where we live. And people always want, you know, recommendations for things. And I feel bad because usually there are people who are just traveling to Japan. So I don't know the name of this one, but I'll put the name in the show notes. So check our blog. It's probably not even, it's probably a dime of a dozen. But well, it was just part, in the yeah, right situation. Part of me was going to say, just go get lost and find your own izakaya yeah. and like have this experience. And I guarantee you it'll be good because they're all good. But that's kind of what I kept saying to my wife was like, like if this place was in Kobe, this would be like famous. Like this would be the number one place everyone would go to. But in Tokyo, this is just a random, just a normal yeah. place. You know, it, the it quality, had, um, the quality level of the food. Like some of the food I ate there was the best food I've had in the, this year. Yeah, and, like I've been to some nice, expensive places, Michelin recommended places. This is just a normal place, and it was so good. And it made me feel silly for always going to like these. Not always. It made me want to go to more hole-in-the-wall places. It was actually quite a large place, and what I really loved about it is that it was a teppanyaki. Teppan is like hibachi, what you guys think. Benihana. Benihana is where they have, you know, the flat table grill. Um, And so where we were sitting, which we were able to social distance, um, was um, the the main cook had a huge um, teppan, so a huge grill, and the bar was built around his grill in this kitchen area that was in the center. And then there was, like, booths in the back, but we were able to sit at the bars. We could see him cooking every single thing. I hope that's ours. I hope that's ours. Oh yeah, it was. We were like really, the, we were really hungry, but if you watch the Curb Your Enthusiasm um, episode where you know they can see their food and they're like oh, wanting yeah. to, is it side? No, that's no, that's, that's Curb. Curb yeah, the food's ready, but they don't bring it to you. You're like, I'll just go get it. And, but like we're yeah, the opposite. We're just like, oh my gosh, is that everything? Is that ours? Is that? Did we order that? A lot of it. Um, the English translation on the menu wasn't. Um, really great so we just kind of were like what are they eating like can we have some of that yeah, their so. English was very low there but they were super ganky super well that's what I was going to tell you us. this place is safe there's an go get lost find your own but if you really want a place that you know we can guarantee is safe and good for you I'll put the link up they do have an English menu but honestly we did a lot of pointing and just otsusume or we just named things like pork if you have pork like mm. buta okay yeah I'll make you some of the pork and yeah the pork dish that came out was so like a melt in your mouth crazy awesome pork a sashimi was awesome yeah. like I, I could be at a sushi restaurant you know this place didn't even specialize in sushi but I felt like it was just as good as a sushi restaurant it was very very lively I think it felt like you're at a party you know yeah you know a lot of it was getting a little bit later at night so a lot of just like drunk people were falling out of their chairs I think literally, literally falling out of chairs <laughs> yeah. the singing songs singing those really, songs on the radio yeah, just everyone's just happy it was really local like people would come yeah. in they would know each other and it felt like you're part of something cool you know yeah it definitely it, it did make us feel a little bit like man we wish we could speak more japanese so we could you know like everyone's having this conversation with the workers and like with each other and we weren't able to do that and it was still an amazing time for us just like watching everybody just when everybody is that happy and having such a good time like how can you it's not so like you have to right? be a bad person to not have a good time yeah uh, all right so thanks for coming on hopefully it's not the last time we'll see <laughs> Uh, I guess some topics I think you actually would bring some credibility down. We're just joking about uh, your passions, which are all the same as mine, too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. And remember, for the, the real Japan 2.0 lovers, there'll be some uh, extra content after this. Um, I'll do a kind of review of the Parko building, if that sounded interesting to you. 
and then I'll do a walk and talk around uh, Harajuku, Shibuya, and Omonosando. Thanks for listening, and look forward to the next one. See ya. See ya. Hey, everyone. This is uh, David coming at you in post-production. Actually, I'm going to put out those two things, a detailed review of the Parco building and a walk and talk where I walk around uh, Shibuya, Harajuku, and Omonosando in another episode. So you have to wait two weeks, and that one is going to come out then. Sorry.